Um, so yesterday we learned about the idea that to be a, to be a stakeholder in, in a, whether it's a corporation or whether it's an interest, whatever, or, or, or another human being, you don't necessarily have to be invested. If you have risk at stake, that's a stakeholder. Even so, and risk normally comes from investment. If you've invested capital, you're at risk. But not necessarily so. You can also be at risk even if you haven't invested capital. Um, and, and today we see the difference between those who the stakeholders who have invested capital and the stakeholders who haven't invested capital. Uh, it was quite interesting. I was thinking that in the um, early 90s also it must have been, South Africa was probably the second country to develop a, a code of corporate governance. The first was in the UK. It was done by Lord Cadbury. Uh, they had the Cadbury Commission of Corporate Governance. Again, this was before all the failures, all the big corporate failures because of governance and ethical flaws. And South Africa was the second, and that, that was called the King Commission Code of Corporate Governance. And they asked me to, do, to um, author the Code of Ethics based on Torah, uh, what, the, what the Code of Ethics should be for, for corporations in South Africa. And we developed a corporate code of ethics that was based on the idea as we were saying yesterday, that a business has a whole lot of stakeholders, even if they're not shareholders, um, and and to be to be careful not to cause damage to the stakeholders. If a business just does that, doesn't cause any damage to the stakeholders, then it's already running quite ethically. And so we went through stakeholder by stakeholder and, and figured out all the potential damage a business could cause to each of the stakeholders, and so and we legislated not to not to cause damage in those areas. But today we look at the difference. The fact is an investor is still a different category of, of stakeholder. And what is, what is the nature of that? So the Gemara starts off on, on, uh, on Dafnun. Uh, the Rabbi, Rabbi Lozer asks the Kasha, um, According to the view that it's a korban yachid, that the, the power of the Kohen Godel on Yom Kippur is a, a, an Individually owned korban, can tamura work with it? Tamura is where you try and substitute one animal for another. You've got an animal which is dedicated to become a korban, and you want to substitute it for another animal. What happens is you haven't substituted, you've duplicated. You just made a copy of it, so now you've got two animals that are Kurdish. Do the print and tamura years, you know, is a masechta all on its own, so there are, there's a lot of complicated process around it. But one of the requirements of tamura is that it's owned by a single person. If it's owned by shutfus, if it's owned by a partnership or by a corporation of people, then tamura doesn't work with it. So would the Gemara's testing, how, what, what is the nature of the power of the Korban, of the Kohen Godel, would it um, qualify for tamura? Uh, and the Gemara says, does that imply that there's somebody who says it's a, a public korban? No, says the Gemara, but there's somebody who says that it's a korban shutfit. Then on Daphne from Mudbeis, the Gemara says, Why can't we learn it out from the Brysa, which goes through all the Psukim and proves beyond any doubt that the Kohen Godel has to buy the, the power from his own pocket? <coughs> and even Bidiyevet, if, if others chipped in and paid for it, it's possible. It doesn't work. He's got to pay for it himself, so clearly it's a korban yochid. It's an individual's korban, and tomorrow should work. Why don't we just figure it out that way? What's the whole debate? Answers the Gemara, an amazing idea. Um, so what are you suggesting? He has to buy it from his own pocket. And we see in the Brysa, three times it says, Asher law, and that means no matter what, it's got to be his. 
But what's the mechanism of the other koanim to get kapora? How can you get kapora from something you're not invested in? Just think of that phrase, that amazement of the Gomorrah. How can you get kapora for something you haven't in, from something you haven't invested in? So you, it, it, kapora, it comes to questions of apologies. It comes to questions of forgiveness. It comes to all sorts of questions. How can you have kapora in something you haven't invested in? Elashani, so you've got to answer that this is a very different kind of commercial arrangement. The Shani Be'gaza de Aharon. The um, assets of Aharon are different from the assets of any other individual. The Afkere Rachmone Gabi Echov HaKohanim. The Rebbeinu Shalom gives the Kohanim a share in the assets of the, of the Kohen Godel. Just so, without, without even asking him. The, the Torah assigns a portion of the Kohen Godel's assets and gives ownership of that portion of assets to all of the Kohanim. That way, when the Kohen Godel is bringing his power, they have a share in the power, although they never physically bought a share in the power. The Torah has given them a share in the Kohen's assets. So when the Kohen goes to the Korban market and buys a beautiful power and pays $1,000 for the beautiful power, part of that $1,000 belongs to all the Kohanim. So they are invested in the, in the, uh, in the power. And so also by Tumura. So this is a, 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 a bull bought in partnership. This isn't a bull that is owned by an individual. It's not, it's not owned by the Tzibur as we learned yesterday, but it is owned in, in partnership. And the, the Miri that I brought there just explains it all very clear. Par Kohen Gadol B'Yom HaKippurim Mishel Kohen Gadol Haya. It can, it's paid for by the Kohen Godel. And the community pays nothing. So how do the Kohanim get Kapora? How are they atoned if they don't have partnership in it? The Torah gave them a, a kind of um, a token ownership of a part of the Kohen Godel's assets so that they could have an investment in the Kohen Godel's power so that they could achieve atonement through that investment in, in his power. So what we, what we see from here is the, is the difference between investments. So we, talk, we talked yesterday about a stakeholder as being somebody who's at risk through you, through you or through your corporation, where you have the potential to harm somebody. Anybody you have the potential to harm is a stakeholder in you. And that's why one has to uh, appreciate it's not just as we were talking yesterday from a corporate perspective, but it's from an individual perspective as well. You, you're standing in shul and you answer your cell phone or you're looking at your cell phone while you're in shul. You're causing harm to the people around you. They're stakeholders in you. You're not on your own. When you're in a tzibur, when you're with people, they're stakeholders in you. You owe them something. They're at risk. You can damage their tefillah. You're talking to somebody when they're trying to when when they're trying to concentrate. There are all sorts of these are just little examples, but there are all sorts of bigger examples too. Where we've got to think of ourselves as having stakeholders. You say, they, I've got no responsibility to them. They haven't given me anything. They haven't paid me anything. Doesn't matter. But they've got risk. But there's a whole nother level of stakeholder. That's a stakeholder who has invested. You want kapora. You want to get benefit from the power. That, you, that you're not damaged by the power that the Kohen Godel has to do the avoider well so that when it comes to the Seir, the Tzibur is not damaged. That we discussed yesterday. That's a stakeholder. Don't damage your stakeholder. But the other Kohanim who are invested in the power, 
It's not just a matter of don't damage them. They're entitled to benefit from the par. They're entitled to kapora. And so it comes when you think of this and apply it in many, many different areas. You have a person who's, who comes to a shul and a person who's invested in a shul. It's two completely different membership levels. One is a stakeholder. Don't damage him. It doesn't matter that he's not a paying member of the shul. He's davening there. Don't destroy his davening. Don't mess with his davening. He's entitled. He's a stakeholder of the shul. But he's not an investor in the shul. He's not entitled to benefits from the shul. That's for people who've invested in it. Uh, the same with a shir, with a base medrash. A person is invested and given of himself to it, invested his kochus, his energy, his effort, his assets. That's a completely different relationship that one has with it. Then one's entitled to certain benefits from it. From it. One's entitled to a return on those investments. Uh, and so it is with friendships. You can have a friend. The friend can cause you damage. You can cause the friend damage. You're an, a stakeholder of the friend. The friend's a stakeholder of yours. But you've, if you've invested in the friend or the friend has invested in you, that's a completely different level of relationship. And so in our relationships in the, to the world around us, individuals, organizations, communities, whatever it is, in the whole world around us, it's important to be mechalic, to make that differentiation and examine. Is this a stakeholder? Is this, is this a stranger? I have no responsibilities. Is this person a stakeholder of mine? I must be careful not to damage him. Or is this person an investor of mine? He has a chalik. He's put something into, into me or into my organization. And not only can't I damage him, I've got to make sure that there's, that there's benefit as well. Uh, when you go to somebody for dinner, they've invested in you. You've got to make sure not just that you don't damage their house or let your children destroy their house. They've got to get benefit from your presence. What do you do? You're sitting at their table. What are you bringing? What are you giving? What, what, what are you investing in, in return for that? We need to understand that reciprocal responsibility to an investor. If somebody is invested, that's a universal principle. It's not a business principle. If somebody is invested in you, you owe them. You owe them a return on that investment. They're entitled to benefits. They're entitled to kapora. If they haven't invested in you, then at least don't damage them.